Welcome to the Arena Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. With us over the last few weeks, you'll have heard Christian, Tim and Phil all talk about lesser known people who were encouraged in their faith in following. And I'm going to talk about a guy, but I'm not going to mention his name yet. I'm going to introduce him in a minute. First of all, I've got a story for you. I wonder who has heard about Albert McMacken. So he was a guy who was 24 years old, and he went to a meeting, is what he called it, but I guess it's church, something like this. And he walked in, and he heard about a man called Jesus, that Jesus had come to earth as a baby, which we're going to celebrate quite soon, that then he went and died on a cross to take away all of our sins, and then he rose again. So that when we believe in him, we can have a relationship with him and spend eternity with him. And Albert McMacken was so excited about this story that he went home and he told all his friends. He works on a farm, so he filled his truck with all his friends. And they kept going to these meetings and meetings and meetings. But there was one guy, a farmer's son, who would always say, I'm not going. You see, he was too busy falling in and out of love. The girls were more his focus than going to these meetings. But then one day, Albert was really struggling for a driver for the truck. And now he said to this guy, please, will you come? Will you drive the truck? And so the guy did. And when he got there, he was curious. I like being curious because it means you get to go and learn about things. And this guy thought the same. So he went into a meeting And he heard about Jesus and something caught his attention and he was excited. But he wasn't quite ready to really step in to what this Jesus might offer him. So he went back again and again and again. And then he realized that Jesus had died for him. That he needed to ask Jesus into his heart to have a relationship with him. Because of Albert's invitation to Billy Graham... Billy Graham then went on to tell lots and lots of people about Jesus. Actually, 185 countries and territories invited Billy Graham to come and preach the good news of Jesus. You know, that's 215 million people. All because of Albert, the lesser known, inviting Billy Graham, the now famous, to hear about Jesus. Jesus. Albert, the lesser known person, did a job that Jesus asked him to do and it made an impact in faith and following. Today I want to introduce you to a guy and I guess really he's a little bit like the Albert. He's lesser known. His name is pronounced two ways. It could be Archippus or it can be Archippus. That's the way we spell it. That's the way I'm going to pronounce it. The reason being is, if anybody knows me, I love chips. And I thought, why not? Let's use the archipus. I'm going to remember that that's the way I'm going to say it. Now, we don't know a lot about this guy. He's mentioned only twice in the Bible. He was a Christian in the early church. Almost anonymous, but actually mentioned by name. And that means we've got something to learn about him. Archippus. He's mentioned by the Apostle Paul. And I guess Paul really is a bit more like the Billy Grahams. 
whereas Archippus is a little bit more like the Albert McMacken. He was encouraged to complete his faith in following. He's mentioned twice, like I've already said. Paul writes in Colossians, Say to Archippus, be sure to carry out the ministry the Lord gave you. And then in Philemon, it says, I'm writing to Philemon, our beloved co-worker, and to our sister Aphia, and to our fellow soldier Archippus, and to the church that meets in your house. So that doesn't give us a lot of information about Archippus. So when I was looking at these verses, I thought, Lord, what do you want me to draw out of them? And there were three things that came to mind. Archippus was encouraged to keep going. We read it in the Bible. We read it in our verses. Paul was encouraging him to keep on going. Archippus had a ministry from the Lord. Do you know that word ministry? It just means that he had a job to do for God. And then in Philemon it said he was a fellow soldier. So we've got three things. He was encouraged to keep going. He had a job to do. And he was a fellow soldier. Let's have a look first about how he was encouraged to keep on going. Paul was saying, be sure to carry on. Keep going. You know, this reminded me of a cross-country race. I'm going to do a bit of a hands up. Who liked cross-country at school? One, two, okay. Who didn't like cross-country at school? Okay, I am certainly in that camp. We always did it when it was cold. If you have naturally curly hair, you ended up looking like Monica from Friends when she had that frizzy hair situation. You were freezing, you were covered in mud. But the teachers were like, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. You had no choice. So me and my friends would start off on cross country looking quite eager while the teachers could see. But we knew like the track and we knew that there were quite a bunch of trees where we could hide. So we'd start off looking really eager in front of the teachers and then me and my mates would hide behind the trees. You see, we knew that there'd be another lap towards the end that would cover this patch. And so when you saw like the Paula Radcliffe's of the class coming through or the Mo Farah's, you'd think, okay, now's our time. We'd come out from the trees and then we'd start again, pretending to be doing a cross country. We'd start, we'd pause, and then we'd go again. The problem is we'd not completed what we were set out to do, what we were asked to do. And I guess in the context of cross-country, it's like, so what? Although probably I would be better on my treadmill, Mick, right now if I'd have done my cross-country. Or maybe I'd be able to do a little bit more than 5K right now. But this can be like our walk with Jesus. We can start off really, really well. And then actually we pause or we even go into hiding a little bit. Then we might unpause, or we might even stop altogether. What happens in the stop is that we forget our momentum, but if we keep on going, we learn momentum. We learn endurance and perseverance, and we can fulfill our potential. When we pause, we miss out on the accomplishment of what God has for us, or even what he wants for us. Paul wanted Archippus to keep on going, to bring to completion what he'd asked him to do, what he was encouraging him to do. Had Archippus paused, we don't know, it doesn't say, it doesn't give us a lot of information. Had he got weary 
We don't know. Had he got discouraged? We don't know. Had he got distracted? We don't know. But what we do know, what we really know, is that Paul was encouraging him to keep on going. In Ecclesiastes, it says, Endings are better than beginnings. Sticking to it is better than standing out. If Albert had given up on Billy, there'd be thousands of people and many countries and territories that might not have heard about Jesus. And there's many reasons why we might pause in our faith. We might have a little stop. We might never have actually started with this walk with Jesus. We might have paused. It might be that our ministry, our job for God feels a little bit too hard. I've already mentioned that Archippus might have got weary, he might have got discouraged and he might have got distracted. And that got me to thinking, what is it sometimes that can make us go into hiding or pause when we're on our faith journey? And these are a few that I thought about feeling like you're not good enough or that you've sinned too much, feeling unqualified, feeling like you're too old or too young, having a fear about something or being far too busy. I'm going to look into a few of those points right now. How about sin? That can sometimes stop us from walking into all that God wants us to do. It can hold us back. It can trap us. When we accept Jesus into our lives, we have some really good news. And that is that our old stuff, the things that we used to do, the things that we feel are too bad for us, that we can't walk into a relationship with Jesus, mean that they're gone. We're actually going to see Darren get baptised in a little while. And the reason for it is that when he goes into the water, it's like your old life has gone, Darren, because you've stepped into a relationship with Jesus. And when you rise from the water, you're just showing us all that you're starting off anew. You're starting off anew in Jesus. The old has gone and the new has come. In Galatians, it says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Don't let sin trap you. Don't let shame and guilt of your past stop you from walking into all that God has got for you. How about feeling unqualified to do a job for God? There's a well-known quote that says, God doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the call. And that's probably why I'm stood here today. He helps you. He enables you. If you think about famous people in the Bible, Noah was a drunk. Abraham was old. Moses was a stutterer. Jacob was a liar. Joseph was abused. Jonah ran from God. Martha was a worrier. Peter denied Jesus. And there's so many more stories that I could tell you or share the names of where you thought, how could they make it good for God? But all their stories tell us that when they stepped in to what God had for them, he enabled them, he helped them. You might feel that there's someone better to do a job that God is asking you to do. But maybe you're the right person. Maybe you're the right person. It's important to listen. I've already said, you know, in the first month when Tim and I became campus pastors, often our lead pastors, Christian and Caroline, will check in with us and make sure that we're doing okay. They want to have a chat. Have we got any challenges, any worries? Can they help us? And in the first month, Christian said to us, how are you doing, guys? Are you doing okay? 
And I remember turning to him and said, sometimes I feel a bit fake as a campus pastor. Can I really do it? And he turned and he gave amazing advice. He says, you're called to it and God will help you in it. And that fakeness is because you need to rely on him and keep relying on him. And it reminds me of this verse in Hebrews. He equips you with everything good for doing his will. He equips you. You see, you don't have to do it on your own. God's right there helping you. And then it says, so that all the work that you do is pleasing to him. Because actually it's not about us. It's about glorifying God. How about age? Age can sometimes stop us from stepping into all that God has got for us. Jesus was 12 when he started his ministry. When he went into the temple and he was asking questions and people were asking questions to him. And we know the life-changing impact that Jesus made. Being young is kind of no excuse really to stepping into all that God has got for you. When I was thinking about this point, I thought about all our young people. I thought about Lilia, who serves on worship and kids. How old are you, Lilia? 16, and she's stepping into what God's got for her already. I thought about Shama. I thought about Tom. All these people that are on stage worshipping and allowing us to worship. And they're young, but they do it with a good heart and a servant heart too. What about Timothy Basabi who comes week in, week out and helps set up Kids Club? Nobody sees that, but he does it out of a willing heart and a serving heart. God doesn't have a certain age as a minimum requirement. It just requires faith and obedience. In Timothy it says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. Set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith and in purity. So young people, thank you for all you do and keep on going, keep on going because it's amazing to see what God's put on you and you and you and you and everybody that's young and all that he's already put in you will just keep coming out as you step in to what he wants you to do. How about old age? So this is where I thought about Abraham. At 99, listen to this, God came to me and said, I'm going to make you a father of a nation. 99. At 100, his wife had a, daughter, had a son. 100. You know, I'm 47. I do not want any more children right now because I don't want to be stood on that playground again. But can you imagine? It just shows us, doesn't it, that even old age doesn't stop us from what God might want us to be doing. Age adds so much experience and so much wisdom. Joan and Gordon, at the back, I can see you. Every week, you encourage Tim and I. You give us great advice. Keep doing it because we're taking it on board. Mr. and Mrs. Chris, Mr. Chris prayed for me this morning before I got on stage. Thank you. Keep doing it. And there's so many other people that I could mention. The young, the old. C.S. Lewis says, you're never too old to set a new goal or dream a new dream. Psalm 71 says, now that I'm old and my hair is grey, don't leave me, God. I must tell the next generation about his power and greatness. God, your goodness reaches far above the skies. You've done wonderful things and there is no one like you. You see, young and old, the advancement of God's kingdom never, ever stops. How about fear? 
It can be scary to step into what God wants you to do. Faith to leave what's familiar and step into all that he wants you to be for him. You know, this time last year, we were praying about becoming campus pastors and it meant we had to make some personal decisions. Tim had been in electrical contracting. It was his career for 25 years. And we felt actually it was for him to step that way so that he could walk into being a campus pastor's. Was it scary? Yes. Did it demand a huge step of faith? Yes. But you know what? We'd be so much worse off if we'd not done it because we've seen so much blessing and encouragement from God. So don't let fear stop you fulfilling all that God has called you to do, including being baptised. I don't think Darren will mind me saying, but he's a little bit nervous today. Darren, I want to read this verse over you. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I'll strengthen you and I'll help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And that's for anybody who has some fear today in stepping into everything that God wants you to do. How about being busy? That can sometimes make us pause, can't it? Perhaps for Archippus, other pressing matters had got in his way. But how about this quote? It's totally pointless to be busy with 10 things, but miss the one thing that God has called you to do. So many things can stop us, can make us hide away and prevent us from walking into our calling for God. But in Thessalonians it says, he who calls you is faithful. So we don't do any of it on our own. Archippus had a job to do. If there's a calling, then there has to be a caller. God's primary calling for all of us is to know him, is to believe in him, is to live your life following him. And when we know the caller, we know what we're being called to. A calling is kind of hearing what God wants you to do. Sometimes it can feel like a tug on your heart or a heartbeat and you think, really, you want me to do that? Listen to what he's saying to you because it might be the exact thing he wants you to do. You see, we're all made on purpose for a purpose. When you were even in your mother's womb, God had a purpose for you over your life. And that purpose is to walk in the calling. You have a job to do for God. Make sure you're listening to what that might be. Sometimes he might call us to start things. Sometimes he might call us to stop things. Sometimes he might call us to go or to stay. Sometimes it can be for a specific situation, for a season, for a lifetime. Paul encouraged Archippus to fulfill his calling. And I wonder today, is there something that he wants me to do? Is there something that he wants you to do? Is there a small group leader in any of you that has maybe paused or stopped or never got started? Do you need to step into what God's asking you to do? Is there a musician in you that's being wasted, that you've put on pause and actually you're not walking into all that God wants you to do? Is there an encourager in you that encouraged somebody and got discouraged? Go again, start encouraging again. You might be that person, gives the right encouragement for another person to start walking with Jesus. Are you generous? Are you normally giving? But you've all heard about all this stuff on the news and therefore you've kind of put it on pause thinking, what if that affects me? Go again. If God's asking you to do it, he will provide. He is our great 
provider. Be an archipus and pay attention to your ministry, the one you received from the Lord. You know, Paul thought a lot about Archippus, and I can tell that just in those two verses that I read. You see, he called him, and I don't know if you heard it, a fellow soldier. He was a comrade in arms. A soldier, it's somebody who is devoted to duty. Someone who would go into battle for you and with you. Someone who has your back. Someone who serves with the same reason and the same purpose. Paul was writing to Archippus from prison. He was imprisoned for preaching the good news about Jesus. So there was no wonder that he wanted to encourage Archippus to keep on going. You see, Paul was in chains. He couldn't reach out to the people that he wanted to. But Archippus was free. He could reach out to the people to tell them about hearing the good news of Jesus. He needed him to do the work on both of their behalves. I guess like an injured soldier carries a fellow soldier. Archippus needed to carry the load to get on with the calling. I guess that reminds me of the value of friendships. Ones that cheer you on, ones that encourage you, that stand with you, that defend you, that are there for you, that help you. He's a fellow soldier. Soldiers say, I will always play the mission first. I will never accept defeat. I will never quit. I will always place the mission first. I will never accept defeat. I will never quit. Paul was encouraging Archippus, his fellow soldier, to put his mission first, to not accept defeat, to not quit and to keep on going. Archippus mentioned in two verses, a fellow soldier encouraged to keep on going, encouraged to do his job for God and to have faith to complete his following. Today, my fellow soldiers, I wanna encourage you, all of you, to keep on going to do the job that God is asking you to do. Is it time to go again? Is it time to come out from hiding like I had to in the cross country, to unpause? What's holding you back? Is it the things I've mentioned? Are you discouraged? Are you distracted? Is it sin? Do you feel unqualified? I think we've heard, haven't we, that God will help you in all of that, all of it. If you don't feel qualified to do what he's asking, seek him, because he will equip you. We read it in the Bible. Is it time to go again, to get back into the race, to stop putting off what God has asked you to do, what he's asked me to do? I don't preach at you, I preach with you. There might be something he's asking me to do too that I need to re-examine. Is it time for all of us to have faith to complete our following. Archippus, almost anonymous, but mentioned by name. Now you might feel anonymous too, but I want to encourage you and let you know that God knows you. 
In the Bible, it says he knows the very hairs on your head. That amazes me. That's how much God knows you, each and every one of us. I wondered if you bow your heads with me. And I want to give you an invitation. First of all, if you've never walked into a relationship with Jesus, I wonder if you raise your hand now, if that's what you want to do, if you feel like God is saying to you, step in with me. I'll be there for you. I'll help you. The old can be gone and the new will come. If you just raise your hands quietly while no one's watching, I'm going to pray for you. I won't mention you by name. Just raise your hands. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you came to this earth to die for us so that we can have a relationship with you. For those people that are searching their hearts and realize you're not there, I just pray right now that they will step into a relationship with you. They'll invite you into their lives, that they will walk with you, that they will realize that they are perfect in your eyes, Lord Jesus, that they are seen and not unseen. Amen. And I just want to... um, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands in this moment, but I wonder if God might have been just talking to you while I've been preaching. Or even in the previous weeks, you just keep thinking, oh, I should be doing this for God, but you've not been doing it. And you'll have your reasons, and that's okay. But I wonder if I can just pray for everybody in here that they will hear once again and act on what God might be asking you to do. So again, just shut your eyes. Lord, I want to thank you today that you promise us that you will equip us. Lord Jesus, that you appoint different people for the right things to do. And I ask, Lord, that anybody here right now who's heard your calling for them to start back into something or to maybe even step into something they've never done, that they will walk in your way, Lord Jesus, that they will realize, Lord, that once they do it and once they get back to it, that they will be blessed by you, Lord, that their lives will be filled with so much more joy than what is there right now. Lord Jesus, where we are weak, you are strong. And so we thank you that we don't do it by ourselves, but we thank you that you walk with us you see us, you love us. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have the very best for us. Amen.